Amen. Hope is here. So good to see each and every one of you this morning. I'm so um, uh, thankful and thrilled that we have uh, so many here today that have gathered in person here. Those of you that uh, maybe could not make it for any uh, reasons this morning, we also uh, are thankful that you have chosen to join us online today as well. Uh, it's a good day. We had a great breakfast. Again, thank you to those who helped out with that breakfast this morning in any way that you did. Uh, we really appreciate that and uh, had some great food. So um, if you're a guest with us this morning, it's so good to have you here. Uh, if you don't have a church home that you are already a part of, uh, we would love to have you come back each and every week to, uh, to our services here at Pathway. Uh, and it's um, just been my privilege to go around and meet some of you already. Uh, I'm sorry that I won't remember everybody's names. Um, um, I'm terrible at that um, sometimes, but uh, please forgive me if I forget your name. But uh, it's so good to, to meet you and uh, to be here with you. Uh, if you are a guest with us uh, this morning, uh, we have a gift for you on your way out. Um, we have um, uh, these, um, I don't know if you want to use these for coffee, juice, whatever you want to put in these. Um, uh, they just say pass Pathway of Wesleyan Church on them. You can get those at the uh, welcome area. It's in the very back corner there on your way out. Um, there'll be somebody there to pass one of those out to you. Um, it'll be in a little box, so if you wonder why they give me a box, um, it's one of these mugs, so um, you're welcome to take uh, that home with you. Also, uh, we have been, the last couple of weeks, um, privileged to have uh, some lovely uh, lilies up here for our Easter time of the year. We had some uh, students from Ionia Greenhouse that... Uh, uh, that grew these. Um, I, obviously, God grew them, but uh, they did uh, the hard work of planting them and watering them and uh, uh, from their greenhouse, so we appreciate that. And uh, what we'd like to do, if, um, if you are a guest with us this morning, you're welcome to come up and, and take one of these home with you, um, or I'd like to say we have 20 of them up here this morning, so uh, we'd like to say uh, one per family. Uh, so if you'd like to come up, Kind of first come, first serve. You get up here uh, and beat somebody up here to get one, uh, take one, please. Uh, I don't want to take uh, 10 or 15 of these uh, uh, to our place. Um, I'd rather uh, somebody else enjoy them. So uh, they are there uh, for you. I think that's all the announcements I was going to mention this morning. Uh, we appreciate uh, we have uh, people in the back rooms that are watching children this morning. I promised them that I would not try to preach in real long this morning. I, I thought a couple hours would be fine, if that's all right with you, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, I I've, don't think I've gone that long before, but I know my own children probably think I have, but um, I'd argue with them. <laughs> um, but uh, that's great. Hope is here. We've been talking about that uh, for about, uh, this is our third week now on this series, Hope is Here. Uh, today we're going to be looking at the living hope. Jesus Christ, our living hope. And it's from Matthew chapter 28, 
verses 1 through 10. I already read this together, so I won't take time to read those verses together. But we, if you want to turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew 28 or in a uh, tablet or phone or wherever you want to look that up in your version app or wherever that is most comfortable for you, um, I will be highlighting different verses throughout this message today. There was one Sunday before Easter that a Sunday school teacher had a group of students uh, together in her classroom. And she decided to quiz these students and ask them uh, and make sure that they knew what Easter was all about. And she simply asked them the question. She said, students, what is Easter? What's the meaning of Easter? Students began to start raising their hands, and she called on one student, and one student said this, well, Easter's a time when my, my whole family gets together, we have this big turkey, and we talk about the pilgrims, and all, and she just starts shaking her head, oh my goodness, just, no, and that's not quite what, that, what Easter's about, and so she calls on another student. Another student says, well, I, I know exactly what Easter is. Easter is when you get this, this tree, and you decorate it with all kinds of decorations, you exchange gifts, and uh, you play Christmas, oh man, that's not Easter either, and she just thought, does not, isn't there one child that knows what Easter is about? And so there's a few more hands are up, so she called in another student, and the student said, I know what Easter is. Easter is when Jesus was killed, put in a tomb, and left for three days. And finally she thought to herself, he knows, somebody knows what Easter's about. But then he continued and he said, and then everybody gathers at the tomb and waits to see if Jesus comes out and sees a shadow. You never know what will come out of the mouth of babes, out of the mouth of children, but he got some of it right. Um, He started out great anyways. Easter, Easter is about hope. Easter is about a living hope. Hope is a person, Jesus Christ. Hope is a person. There's a lot of you this morning here that I don't know your backgrounds, I don't know your history, I don't know what you've gone through even the last day or two. Some of you may be thinking, my hope is about gone. I don't know how I'm going to get through this next week. Maybe some of you are thinking, hope is awesome, I, I love life right now, but my hope is just, it's incredible. My hope is in Jesus. It's great. I don't know where you fit on that scale this morning. I'm here to tell you this morning, wherever that is, Jesus is your living hope. Jesus is our living hope. A few years ago, Terry and I and one of our our youngest daughter, Emily, we were riding in our van and we were coming back home from a funeral which was in the the northern suburb of Detroit called Sterling Heights. And we were going home, going through Detroit on I-75 because the GPS was saying that was the quickest way uh, to get home for us. And if any of you have gone through that area, that's usually a busy uh, freeway, busy area of the state. But this particular day, 
had rained the entire day nonstop. I mean, it was raining before we woke up. It was raining our entire time that we traveled to the funeral, and it was still raining all through the funeral, uh, all through the funeral dinner, all the way as we started traveling home. And if you know Detroit well enough, you know that Detroit's drain systems are not made uh, for floods. They're not made for uh, rain to last a long time. And so as we're going home, uh, we started noticing that more and more water was building up on the road. We thought, well, I hope we can make it home. Uh, this is not looking good. Well, as we got down I-75 I and we're just about ready to go off of our exit to I-94 that would take us uh, over to our home in Ottawa Lake, we noticed even in front of us that there was a blockade already uh, in front of us that everyone had to exit on I-94. So we had to go that way anyways, but people started, uh, it started to get backed up because of the conditions on the road. Well, we got through the exit. It was on I-94. There were several times where we'd have to slow down because we'd see brake lights in front of us. We'd have to go slowly uh, through piles of water or uh, flooding that was going across the highway already. And pretty soon we got to one spot where I could see a lot of brake lights in front of me, and I thought, oh, what's going on now? And we came to almost a stop, but we could see water, almost like a river, coming down the bank onto I-94, and people uh, were already pulling off to the side. Some people were going across. It looked like to me like some cars, smaller cars, were already like floating um, off to the side, and we were in the middle uh, lane, and it was a situation where I couldn't just stop in the middle of the freeway. I didn't know what I was going to do, and I, I started panicking. We were calling out, God, we need your help. Jesus, we need you right now. I don't know what to do, and so we just kept going, but all of a sudden, our daughter, who's in the, in the middle seat, she says, uh, there is water coming in our, in our van, and then I really started to panic. <laughs> I was wondering what was going to happen. Hope was starting to disappear. Uh, at, that, at that moment, uh, I look out, and a lady stopped her car, jumped out of her car, started panicking and was trying to get, walk through the water to the other side um, and try to find safety somehow. We thought, what are we going to do? It was one of those situations that I thought, all I could do is pray, hope for the best, and just keep going. <laughs> and we did. And we made it through, thank the Lord. We made it through. Uh, had to get our car detailed <laughs> uh, the next week but, and dried out, but Jesus did help us. I've thought of that situation many times. When it looked like all of our hope was gone, it looked like maybe we were going to be flooded up to our necks in our vehicle, but God came through for us. God helped us in that time. He was our living hope at that time. Maybe you have not driven through a flood before, but maybe life has felt like a flood. 
to you at times. Maybe there's been other situations in your life that you felt like life is almost over. <laughs> life isn't good right now. Maybe you felt hopeless, scared, overwhelmed. Or maybe you felt like you just wanted to wake up from a bad dream. (laughs) We've all been there, haven't we? Perhaps you feel like life is like that right now. It just feels kind of mixed up, messed up. You don't know how to fix it. On that Sunday Sabbath morning, when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary that Matthew told us about in Matthew 28, when they went to the tomb, there wasn't anything that they could do really to make things any better. They were going there to, it says right away, Matthew said they went there to look at the tomb. Perhaps they thought that all they could do at this point was maybe even to get close enough just to kind of see what the situation was like. Let's see what was happening here and this morning. The tomb at that time, uh, history and commentators have told us that it was probably guarded by about 16 Roman guards. And when we read the the Gospels about this, we, in our minds, sometimes we think, well, there was probably a guard on each side of the the stone, maybe. But uh, Roman history tells us that there were 16 guards in front of this tomb. This tomb was sealed shut and marked by the seal of the Roman leader. They did not want Jesus to come out of that tomb, and they didn't want anybody to bring Jesus' body out of that tomb somehow. There was a large stone there, and without that stone being moved, there was no way humanly possible that those ladies could get into that tomb. But they went When it looked like all hope was lost, they went. In Mark's gospel, in chapter 16, Mark wrote that when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. So very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the tomb? Who's going to roll it away? So they had enough faith in them. They had enough faith that they, that they bought the spices. They bought uh, these things that they wanted to uh, go in and see the body of Jesus and anoint the body of Jesus, but they didn't know exactly what they were going to run up against. The question, who will roll the stone away from the tomb, seems like one of those questions that we ask, but we really don't know how to answer. They didn't know how to answer it, but we ask it anyways. Who's going to roll the stone away? And as they look up, they see something that takes their breath away. They see something that looks like that the stone that was very large had been already rolled away. And an angel, Matthew writes, an angel was sitting on the stone. 
And not only that, the guards were so afraid that they had become like dead men. <laughs> Could you imagine? Can you just picture this? I mean, how many miracles happened that they were just seeing with their eyes at that time when they just wanted to look at the tomb, they actually saw all these miraculous things. The stone was rolled away. An angel was sitting on the stone. The, those 16 guards, soldiers, were laying as if they were dead in front of that tomb. I mean, it just boggles your mind what they were seeing in front of them. And then the angel said the four words that are found all over and all throughout the Bible. And he says this to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. And guess what? Yes, he was crucified, but he is not here. (laughs) He's not here in this tomb. He is risen, just as he said he would do. Now, ladies, come and see inside this tomb. Come see this place where he lay. In those words from the angel, hope became alive for those ladies. Because hope was resurrected. Hope was resurrected that day. It was resurrected for, for Mary and the other Mary, those followers of Jesus who thought all hope was lost. Hope was resurrected for them. Hope was resurrected for us, even almost 2,000 years later. Jesus was not in that tomb that day. Jesus was not dead any longer. Jesus was alive. Amen? Jesus was their living hope, and he is our living hope. The last memory that these followers of Christ had of Jesus was not a pretty one. They saw him being beaten. He was a bloody mess. Scripture tells us that he was spit upon. He was beat up so badly that he was barely recognized. And he was nailed cruelly to a wooden cross. They saw him suffer on that cross until he finally died and then was buried in the tomb. So can you just imagine with me this morning, just imagine how they felt when they heard those words, Jesus is not here. He is risen. He is risen. Those words must have been the most exciting words that they had ever heard in their life, that Jesus was alive. The one that they saw in front of them die is now alive. In verse 6 of Matthew 28, Matthew said, the angel told them he is not here. He is risen just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Here is proof for you. Come and see. The word see in this passage is a Greek word. Now we have it in the English, we can read it, but it's a Greek word that is pronounced horeo, horeo. And it means to stare at, to see with eyes. But not only that, but to see also with the mind, to perceive and to know 
to become acquainted with or to experience. What a difference that must have made for these ladies when the angel said, come and see for yourself. Come and experience this. See it in this tomb. There's there's no body here anymore. Jesus isn't here anymore. He is risen from the grave. So these women became eyewitnesses. The first eyewitnesses to Jesus not being in the tomb, that the tomb was empty. They experienced it with their own eyes and their own lives. Hope was resurrected. Hope was resurrected. Back in 1997, on October the 4th, It was a day that I don't think I'll ever forget as long as I have the memory to remember what happened on that day. I was with a group of of men of about, history tells us, probably 800,000 to 900,000 men have gathered on that day. My father, my, my parents are here this morning, worshiping with us this morning. Uh, I had the privilege of my dad going to this event, uh, the two of us together with a, a, a huge gathering of other men. I don't know if any of you men here this morning were a part of that, but it was called Stand in the Gap. It was a Promise Keepers event in 1997. Their goal was to get a million men on the mall National Mall in Washington, D.C. I mean, we couldn't do that today because of what has happened uh, in the last uh, uh, few months and couple years in our country, unfortunately. But in that year, we did. It would have been one thing for me to hear about that event taking place. And if, if none of you here today were there at that event, I can tell you things that happened in that day, on that day, I can explain it to you, but it's, it's not the same, is it? As it was for my dad and, and myself that were actually there to experience that event with almost a million other people. These ladies were there. They experienced it. They saw it with their own eyes. And that's why the angel went on to say, don't just keep this to yourself. (laughs) Don't just keep it to yourself. Go. Go quickly. Go and tell. Go and tell people. Go and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. Go ahead of you into Galilee where you'll see him. Don't keep this hope that has been resurrected to yourself. Go, because hope is real. Hope is real. It's not only resurrected this morning, it is real. The the women, they hurried away from that tomb. They were afraid, yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the disciples the great news that they had heard, that their Messiah, their hope, the one that they had followed for the last three years was alive again, and he was real. He was real to them. So not only did they hear the angel testify that Jesus had risen, but 
hope was right in front of them. Hope was right in front of them because when they ran to tell the disciples, what happens? All of a sudden, Jesus met them. Could you imagine what they felt like, what they, what they did? I mean, they're running and all of a sudden, bam, here's Jesus in front of them. I love how the message says this verse. This is verse, um, verse 9, verses 8 and 9 in Matthew 28. The message translation says this, The women who were deep in wonder and full of joy lost no time in leaving the tomb. They ran to tell the disciples. Then Jesus met them, stopping them in their tracks. Good morning, he said. (laughs) Don't you love that? (laughs) I mean, yeah, maybe, I think it's the King James Version that says, Hail, or something like that. Hail to you. Uh, I don't know if Jesus said I, I, It's probably more like the message. Good morning, ladies. <laughs> Good morning, I'm here. It's really me. <laughs> and what do they do? They collapsed his feet, meaning they bowed down and they worshiped him. When hope becomes real for us, when hope becomes real to you, when Jesus shows up and we recognize that it's really him and it's not about us, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's all about him. When that happens, that's when worship really becomes real. That's when Jesus becomes real to us because hope is in a person and that person is Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. It isn't just a dream. It isn't just something that is in our imagination. It's not just something that someone told you about. It's now real to you. It became real to these ladies when they saw the empty tomb, but it became even more real when they saw Jesus right in front of them. I'm really here. So go and tell my brothers they're going to see me too. Hope was resurrected. Hope is real and was real that day in Israel. But hope can also be received. Since hope is real and resurrected, hope can be received this morning. The women found what they were looking for. They were looking for Jesus, who was their hope. Let me ask you, have you found what you're looking for? Have you found what you're looking for? I believe all of us are looking for something. All of us have looked for something, perhaps is a better way to say that. They were looking for Jesus, their hope. What are you looking for? Everyone wants to know the truth. Everyone wants to be loved, even though maybe sometimes people like to be real tough. Say, oh, I don't need love. I don't need others. I'm all right. Everyone wants to be loved and accepted. If we're really truthful this morning, 
We want to be light. We all want to experience joy and happiness in life, don't we? We want to be satisfied in life. We search for it. We look for it. We dream about it. We hope for it. (laughs) And here's the good news. All of these things that I mentioned and so much more can be received through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't come from a religion. It doesn't come from just following a set of rules. But it comes through a growing relationship with the risen Savior, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Everything that our hearts desire can be found through Jesus. His love the mercy that we crave, grace, freedom, truth, the list goes on, life, peace, joy, comfort, understanding in life, patience, kindness. You want justice? Justice can even be found in Jesus. Direction, friendship, faith, adventure, happiness. Do you like fun? Fun is found even in Jesus. Help, satisfaction, Rest and even hope. Hope is found in Jesus. Jesus told us in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Through Jesus, we can know the way. He is that way to eternal life in all that he wants to give us. He is the truth. There's so much around us, so much in the world that is trying to say and and get us to look at things that are not true. But Jesus and all about Jesus is the truth. And he is also the life, eternal life. Jesus said in John 11, 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. No one comes, or no one, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives in me and believes in me will never die. He's the resurrection and the life. But then he asks a very important question right after that. And he says this, and he asks this, do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's hope. And do you believe in that hope? John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, when we received Jesus, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Colossians 6, verses 6 and 7 says, So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. What kind of life do you want? What are you looking for? Have you found it? (laughs) Have you found it yet? Have you found hope yet? Hope can be received. Hope can be received. 
Are you looking in the direction that will lead you to that hope? Are you looking in a direction that leads you to emptiness, like the empty tomb? Don't look there. Jesus is risen. Look to the, look to the living hope. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And like Don told us already this morning, all we have to do is believe and receive and ask the Lord to come into our life, come into our sin and cleanse us, change us. He'll, he'll help us with that. It doesn't uh, necessarily all come instantly. Uh, we're all different in, in, in that. But, but Jesus wants to come in. He wants us to give us that hope and all those things that I mentioned and so much more that we can receive this morning. Don't go away from here. Don't go away from here without knowing the living hope, without knowing Jesus personally today. Because Jesus was resurrected. That's our hope. Hope is real. Jesus is real. Hope can be received. But lastly, it can also and will be revealed. Hope will be revealed. Verse 10 says this, Then Jesus said to them, He reminded them again, Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and they, there they will see me. They will see me. <laughs> Jesus guaranteed that. Hope will be revealed. When we put our hope and our trust in our life in Jesus, people see that. People can see a difference in our life. Because Jesus changes us from the inside out. He changes our hearts. He changes our minds. He changes us. And we act different. We react different. We lead different lives when we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us and change us. People see how we treat one another. Hope will be revealed. So as we close this part of our service this morning, I ask you again, who are you following? What are you looking for? Have you found it yet? Because if you haven't found it, if you're not satisfied today, if you're still looking for hope in this life, Jesus, Jesus is the living hope. Jesus wants to give you that living hope. Jesus wants to give you himself. Do you want to receive him? Hope was resurrected. Hope is real. It can be received and it will be revealed. Just in these closing moments, I just invite you to just close your eyes where you're seated there and bow your heads with me. I want to give you a moment today while we're here. I don't want to get 
I don't want you to leave here without having the opportunity this morning. If you've never before prayed and said any words, either in your heart or, or out loud, and asked Jesus to make you a new creation, to say, yes, I will be a follower of you, Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity today to do that. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would like to do that this morning, if you would like to personally know the risen Savior, the living hope today, I just invite you to pray these words with me as I pray them and just repeat them after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for being my living hope. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I know and I believe that you have risen from the dead. And I put my hope and my trust in you, Jesus. I give you my heart. I want to follow you for all the days of my life. So I invite you to come in to cleanse me, to make me a new creation in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I repent of the sin in my life and I thank you for your forgiveness. Help me to live my life in obedience to you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd just like you to just keep your eyes closed and heads bowed just for another moment. If you have prayed that prayer today and you really meant it and you really believe in that prayer and you know that Jesus has come in, made you that new creation in Christ, I'd like you just to... In this moment, just to lift up your hand just so I know that you've done that this morning. So that I, I know if there's anybody here that has made Jesus their Lord and Savior today. Just lift up your hand so that I can see, so I can pray for you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not going to have you stand up in front of anybody, but just raise your hand there so I can see. Thank you for that hand that I can see and thank you for those that are being honest. Thank you. Let me pray another prayer. And as I do that, I invite our worship team to come up and we'll close in a song. Jesus, thank you. You're a living hope. You are the one who has given us everything that we need in life. And I pray, God, that these ones, um, anyone here today, 
one or more that has raised their hands and said, I, Lord, I've prayed that prayer. I surrender to you. I have, I have uh, chosen to, to follow you, Jesus, because I believe you. I believe that you are the risen Savior. And God, all of the rest of us um, here today that claim to be followers of you, help us to, to go out, to go and tell, to be the ones that tell people that need to know about you, about the living home. Thank you so much. We continue to worship and praise you and thank you today. And as we sing this last song together in closing, we praise you, our living hope today, for what you have done, for all that you've done, and for what you continue to, con- to do. For without you, we are lost. But with you, we have all the hope that we ever need. And I pray this all now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand with us as we close this morning. Let's sing this great song, Living Hope. Mm-hmm.